This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'm editor-at-large and editorial cartoonist of Mississippi Today. Our next guest definitely needs no introduction, but I'll attempt to do him some justice. Tall and smart, that's all you got to say. Tall and smart? Well, there we go. We're already halfway (laughs) there on our mission. Okay, so he's 11th generation American gardener. 11th generation? 1635, 1650. 1773. Okay. I was going to ask, it's like cave people, you know, well, like growing fir- tomatoes. First, first two generations were British or Swiss. Okay. But it still counts. Yeah, very good. Um, so Edelweiss or Edelweiss or whatever, I mean, what were they yeah. growing? Uh, yeah. Okay, easy yeah. enough. Okay. Non-stuffy, as you can tell, horticulturalist, you're not stuffy. <laughs> no, not stuffy at all. You travel the world. Yep. Five, so, I've, I've done horticulture work So on you go from continents. Corinth all the way down to the coast. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been up to Jackson, Tennessee. That's pretty fancy. <laughs> I've been there too. You know, you keep going I've from been to Maryville. Maryville. That's Maryville, right. Yeah, Tennessee. we were talking about that because I—that's where my grandparents are from, and you've got kin there, so we're related. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, have you ever done that before? And oh, by the way, it's Felder Rusher. <laughs> if you can't tell, you, you've heard him before. He's on. He's he's MPB's radio's Gestalt Gardener. Um, Felder, I I have been wanting this to happen for a long time. Is it good for you, man? Oh my God, this has been the most amazing three minutes of my life. <laughs> this show has been. Uh, no, actually, it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just you just being with you makes time go by slower. Yeah, I, I don't want to hijack your your thought there, but what thought? Uh, an ex- experience. <laughs> my my kids went to Jackson Public School. Yes, and my daughter's junior high school principal was Fa- Pamela Felder. Oh, she's, yeah. she's from Felder Campground mm-hmm. and down near Macomb. Right. I'm named after the guy who settled Felder's Campground. So I went up to her after a PTA meeting. I said, and, 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 and she, she's African-American. She's a black mm-hmm. woman. And I said, how's it going, cuz? And she said, that's Dr. Cuz to you rushing. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Seriously, though, you ever catch... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I planned we'll this. I want you to know, Marshall. I planned all of what Felder is about to say right now. Jermaine, we're all related. You know, this is either going to be the best show we've ever both ever done, or we're this will be the last show we've ever done. I'm, I'm not quite sure here. where it's going to go. I'm out of here. Okay, it's fun. It was fun while it lasted. You know, it's. I was in New York City. I'm in a cab, and I'm asking the, the driver who is from Pakistan, who his mama is, because I'm convinced I'm going to make a connection. Yeah. Because that's how we roll here yeah, in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it usually does, because I've literally walked down the streets of London and ran into people I knew. Yeah, try try being I – mean, and I, I look like this. That's and, true. Uh, I mean, I, I walked through a botanic garden uh, at Kew, Royal Botanic Garden at Kew. Yeah. Some lady said, oh, my God, my mother just loves you. Are you Felder? My mom – and I'm thinking, your mom loves me? How about your grandma? Oh, Yeah. I get a lot of that, too, because yeah. people remember my cartoons from the newspaper time. Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. you know, generally newspaper subscribers were the last to hang on were older. So I, <laughs> a lot of mamas love me. So that was good. And now I could never get my own mother to love me. But, it's, oh, wait, this isn't that kind of show. No, we're, no, no. We're not you, doing you, you, uh, ne- next hour. Next okay, hour. yeah, next hour. That's right. Okay. So anyway, I, I, I completely threw you off your notes. I'm sorry. Pilot. I did, man. I was reading it so well. <laughs> 
I'm just so proud of myself uh, for being able to read. I love this one right here. You were named by Southern Living as one of the 25 people most likely to change the South. In what way were you going to change the South? They didn't say that. Is that like an insurrection thing or what? Yeah, you know, it's not about what I do is not horticulture. I'm a horticulturist. That's what my first degree is. But that's crop production. And I'm I'm not – that's my training. But my profession is – Education, right. journalism, and that you do kind that really well. Well, it's just my job, you right. know. And uh, and so I studied a lot of psychology, sociology, philosophy, that kind of stuff. <laughs> the humanities, and, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? What do we have in common here? Not what's wrong with my azaleas. You know, I can do that till your eyes bleed. Right. You know what? What? What's going on with my lawn? But the question is, what are you going to do now? You and, and I have to admit, you know, back about. 12 years ago, uh, I was made part-time at the Clarion Ledger, and I suddenly got thrust into the world of doing other things, which was the best thing that ever happened to me. I am so grateful to my friends at the Clarion Ledger for that move because it forced me out of my comfort zone. Yeah, you and me and Orly. Thanks a lot, y'all. I know. (laughs) It did happen about the same time, didn't it? Sorry, man. I've been like in therapy for a long time to forget all that. I wrote for the Clarion Ledger for 39 years until Gannett laid off all their local writers. Yeah. 39 years, man. So, you know, I, I saw it happen. When it used to be the Clear and Ledger, they had all those desks full of people. Yeah. And it's just a ghost town now. But anyway, they still get still crank it out. No, it's great. But, I mean, that's the thing. And you have figured out how to get your information to people in ways. It's, I figured this out at a long time. My cousin has a radio show. And he talks about finance, and mm. I, I'm not going to even mention who he is because he gets enough promotion. But he figured out how to make financial well, – it's Dave Ramsey. But, I mean, he made financial information seem fun and entertaining. Mm. And guess what? He's made a ton of money doing that. It's, so, it's, it's you know, infotainment. Right. You know, right. It's just, if, I, if I talk about horticulture, you know, it would just be bog standard. There's horticulture radio programs and gardening columns. All over the place, right. everywhere you go. And, and they're dry as the weather is that, right now. That's right. That's right. Uh, but, you know, when you stop and say, well, let me ask you something, you know, and you start interacting with people. Right. Then other people are listening and you become part of a community. And it's community effort instead of just a little low-level cognitive, what do we do? Right. And you've done that really well. And you've done it in a lot of different ways. I mean, you're speaking, you get out in the public, you, you, and you're not doing as many, you just told me a minute ago, you're not doing as many of those as you used to. Yeah, COVID. But, but the, the COVID kind of messed all that. Wasn't that weird, that first, it's, like two months when the pandemic started, you kept getting all the phone calls and emails saying, we're yeah. canceling this, we're yeah. canceling oh, yeah. this. And it, oh, was yeah. ju- it was just yeah. like, after a while, you didn't even respond. You just said, I'm so sorry. And yeah. it's start- deleted it off your calendar. The, su- the supply line, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm part of the supply line. And when they st- shut down, you know, a lot of botanic garden programs and master garden programs and horticulture society meetings, the the uh, it got interrupted. Now they're picking it back up, and you know they 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 don't know where the supply line is anymore. Speakers, yeah, because but you're you are getting back on. And the thing is, oh, yeah, but the I'm one thing about speaking is, if you do a good job, then you're going to pick up two or three more from that one because there'll be somebody in the audience and so forth. So it'll come back. Well, I, I've I've gotten to where I say, look. You know, I don't know why I'm here. You don't let's let's have a good time here. But I figure nobody invites me back, so let's just blow it out. And you blow it out and have a great time, and then they want you back, yeah. but you've already blown it out. <laughs> exactly. I have nothing new. Sorry, yeah. but you know, in a way, to me, it's kind of like my camellia bushes that all died when mm. the frost hit last year, mm. and and I thought, well, those things are toast, but I don't want to cut them out. They may come back. I Man, they look great now. They've yeah. they've come back, so it'll all come back. Well, some of my stuff, you know, not to get into horticulture, but is a, a personal thing yeah. I, you know people say oh my 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 azaleas died my you know my blueberries died. mine did too 
Yeah. You know, I was gone for three months. I live in England half the year. I just got back. Nobody water stuff. And here's my my magna, my, my It looks good. At, yeah. It is dead as dead. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but instead of cutting it down. Or right. waiting to see, because it's dead. It ain't coming back. Instead of cutting it down, what I did is I spray painted it glossy black. <laughs> and it actually looks better. Every, anybody can have a magnolia. I got a glossy black lump. Jermaine, my garden shines in the sun. I see. I see. <laughs> I mean, people go down and say, whoa, that's nice. <laughs> I, I mean, I literally am about to do that to my grass. Just paint just it green. Go just, on get over. It, just go ahead and paint it green and it's, go it that way. It's already crunchy. Might as it's well. Nice and a lot crunchy. of people don't realize golf courses use paint in the wintertime yeah. you know there's six different shades of green depending on what kind of grass you and got. it's not easy being green <laughs> unless you're a horticulturist and we got six shades of that that's six shades it's like i didn't believe in infinity until i, I mean there's 50 of, shades of gray but only six of green yeah I, I don't believe in infinity until a guy was in my bar says well i'm a used car guy i've got two used infinities <laughs> you know marshall you've got one of the things that 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 make you Tick, you have a wonderful sense of the absurd. Well, I live here. <laughs> but, but, I mean, know, I would tell people I don't really have to write my my cartoons. I just go down to the Capitol. For yeah, instance, but but but, but you open your eyes up, and, and it's a deconstruction thing. What yeah. he said was this, but really what he's saying is this. Right. You know, and you just deconstruct it with a little sense of the absurd, and you can get major points across. And a lot of times a hostile audience, but you can get away with it because it's humorous. Exactly. And learning how, I mean, serious. And man, wouldn't it be better if everybody was, I mean, the whole life was like that, that we could just learn to laugh at this, the things that drive us crazy yeah. instead of just screaming at each other on Facebook? Yeah, but then we wouldn't have a job. That's true. <laughs> well, it's then there's to, that. It's, it's up to us. No, yeah. but, you know, there's so much, so much can be done in humor. You know, right. in humor, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that divide people. These are polarizing times like right. like any other time on earth where i don't care if you say this is five and that's three somebody's gonna say well you know you must be a blah 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 right you know that gotta deal with that but what what we do is we find something that people have in common that's and, right and laughter is in common food you know the the food chat you know oh yeah uh, malcolm, malcolm and, and carol, carol you know it resonates a bit it cuts across all social, uh, education, r- cultural, any kind of line, food cuts through. Humor does, but so does gardening. So does gardening. So does gardening. You know, their plants don't care who your mama and them were. You know, uh, you know when I see certain kind of unusual plants blooming around town, and there's some there's some heirlooms. They're 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 shared. They're passed around. You can't get them at garden centers, but I see them all over the state. And when 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 a community lights up with this one particular kind of plant that's not available sale, you know you can't buy it any place. I see it lighting up the whole town. They are little little hints of the connections that we have, the community. You know, every one of those times it lights up, those people have something in common with each other, that's and right. that's connected through that plant. And yeah. laughter does the same thing. Laughter does the same thing, and and you know, I mean, literally. And I'll tell you a story. When I had my melanoma back many, many years ago, I freaked out. I, anxiety, just big time. Because when your own skin tries to kill you. so Yeah, thank God for Wellbutrin. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Better living through chemistry. And it, no, there is a lot of truth to that. So my parents, who were both cancer survivors, decided they were going to take me on a family vacation to kind of help me a little bit. So they took me to Destin. 
and I had skin cancer, right? So they took me to the beach. I'm like, Dad, just you know, buy a gun. It's cheaper in a condo if you want to kill me, you know. Jermaine, he's a he's a mess. So he just he outed really his is. parents. He, he really just outed did. his parents. He no, is. no, I mean, no. Trust me. I mean, I can tell you, my, I got the best parents in the world. But there's yeah, yeah. a reason why I'm the way I am. Okay. Um, but so so we're down there on the beach, and you know, four o'clock rolls around. The sun's down enough that I won't burst into flames like a fork in the microwave. Mm-hmm. So I go running in the ocean and this lady starts staring at me. Well, I can tell you from history that women just never have ever stared at me. It okay? might have been your white legs. It, not even. <laughs> yeah, well, I was pretty white at that point because I was not going to get any sun. So, but anyway, I realized she was staring at my scar. I've got a six inch scar on my mm-hmm. back from the cancer. And I looked at her and she realized I had busted her. I mean, she her face turned red. She was so embarrassed. And I said, ma'am, it's okay. It was a shark attack. And it happened right where your little girls are swimming. She grabs her kids and she runs out of the water. And that was the moment I realized if you can laugh at the things that, you know, whether it's somebody making you mad or hurting your feelings or whatever, if you can find a way to make a joke out of it, you're going to live a lot longer and be a lot happier. You, your parents still alive? No, they passed about six years ago. And I you miss know, them. The th- one of the things that hold me back is um, my mother's been dead all these years, but I swear she's standing behind me. She's going to smack me on the back of the head if I don't straighten up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we were raised right. Oh, yeah. No, no cap. My dad was Dave Ramsey. He's the one the guy on oh, the yeah. radio is named yeah. after. And so. So uh, this kind of tells you that my dad, when I was eight years old, I told him I was going to be an editorial cartoonist. And he looked at me and he said, you're going to be the best one ever, which that was the weirdest thing an eight year old could possibly tell their dad. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, that's like polit- politics and everything else. But his answer was perfect. But he also, when I was sitting in Nayland Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee, with mm-hmm. 102,000 people, I looked at him. I said, I bet I'm the only two time Pulitzer finalist in this whole stadium. And he looks at me and he says, and I'm the only other person who cares. <laughs> That was my dad. So, Oh, man. Well, by the way, how's Pip? Pip's good. Uh, she's got her Cushing's and her diabetes, but everything's in check. And she, this morning as I was cooking, she sat between me and the stove and to make sure if anything fell that she got it. Uh, yeah. Oh, which, which reminds me, uh, you, you're back to flying, right? Yes. You, you rent or you got your own plane? Uh, I borrow other people's. Bar- yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if you knew. It's like but having a boat. It's cheaper if your friends have one. You got a propeller on it? Uh, yes. Because I know you're a jet guy. Yeah, well, I do both. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you knew that uh, I sat on aircraft carrier during Vietnam. Did you really? I had phantoms landing on my roof. Oh, my God. Talk about no, a bad thud, plane. Because they're, they're a heavy plane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Talk. I mean, they're, they're, they're two engines with a cu- couple of guys strapped on them. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, so, the aerodynamics on the things, it's literally, it like you fly. said, it's could a brick. Fly. No, yeah. it's a brick. Yeah. But when you're on aircraft carrier deck and, you, and you're standing out there and you see this tiny little dark spot, in the box and realize this after it's the smoke from the afterburners and it goes over you at 2,000 miles an hour like 100 yards 100 feet above the deck that's powerful but I'm, I'm partial to propeller planes I, yeah. li- I like the old old war birds yeah there's just something I, and also to the style of the planes built in the 40s you know almost an art deco style oh, yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah. they're just gorgeous the first time when, when the internet first came out and you're 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 not young you're too too young to remember when the internet first came out <laughs> no actually i remember it no, yeah thank you for well, yeah well when, when my son got old enough to to you know to start learning that stuff i decided i'm gonna show him how to search for things on the internet because mm-hmm. i wanted to make sure he knew how to back out of something and so I said, listen, you can look up anything on earth. I said, what's the most absurd thing you come up with? I said, how about nose art? Never find it. I did oh, yeah. that. And all these World War II 
barbers came up with a wonderful artwork on painting on the noses of them. Yeah. So anyway, he learned real quick that there's anything out there and it'll surprise you. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I, I love our guest today. I'm a big fan. Listened to his show for years uh, since I was in kindergarten. That's what I always get that. I've, I've been reading your <laughs> cartoons since I was in kindergarten and they're like 30 and got like grandkids and I'm feeling I'm so old. We have the Gestalt Gardener himself in the studio, Felder Rushing. Man, Felder, um, I've enjoyed the conversation so far. You just touched on something. You said you've done a couple children's books. Yeah, I, I, I'm a member of the I was the board of directors for the uh, American Horticulture Society. Yeah. People wouldn't expect that. You know, they 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 just see old, this old Felder. They're giving you know? Felder responsibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I actually went on the American Hort Society's behalf to Africa. Yeah. To set up a program where where uh, school children in Africa and school children in America could could corn, could could grow the same stuff and share culture and that all like so that. That is so cool. Yeah, well, it, it didn't work because oh. it, you know we want our guys want them to grow sunflowers. And I went there and, and they said, "So who eat a sunflower? I mean, we're hungry here. You know, let's <laughs> let's grow something that we can eat." So I said, "Why don't we do okra?" Oh, because yeah. it's That's from solid. Africa, and there's so cool variety. It's easy to grow. You can't fail with it. It's a pretty plant. Tired of looking at it, you can eat it. And the American horses say, okra? Who eat okra? <laughs> what well, we do, thank you very much. And we fry it, too. It's delicious. Well, speaking of which, State yeah. Fair's coming up. That's right. That's they when fry. the weather's officially going to change. Oh, yeah, it does, halfway through. Mm-hmm. But somewhere down the road, they've tried to, every possible kind of food, except something that hits all the southern Ticks all our boxes. Nobody's come up with fried ketchup on a stick. I'm just saying. I tell you what, if we go over to the Texas State Fair, they're probably doing it now because that's they're usually about five years ahead of us on the fried stuff over there. Fried, fried co- butter, fried Coca Cola. Oh, you know, you we know. do fry. We put ketchup, tomato sauce, as they say in tomato England. Tomato sauce. Yeah, but fried ketchup on a stick, I bet it would sell. I bet it would too. <laughs> anyway, that's a, that's another story. Um, I wanted to ask you something. You sure. you do a lot of deconstructionism. You yes. Know, you say you know, and uh, are you, do you know about the uh, what was what's that algebra thing? The uh, transitive property of equality. I remember it vaguely from eighth if grade. Yes. A is equal to B, mm-hmm. and B is equal to C. Then A is equal to C. Right. And we both do a lot of that. You well, that's know? I say one and one equals three. That's, that's why I'm right. a terrible accountant, but I'm pretty good at yeah. editorial but, cartooning because you can see two things and make a connection. Yeah, I use that a lot when I'm teaching because a lot of people have this idea that horticulture is horticulture is all about rules and process right. and, and efficiency and all of production. Gardening is about uh, about satisfying your soul. That's right. And, you know, interesting. You know, you don't. We're not trying to get anywhere. We're just knocking around. And a lot of people say, well, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do that. Master gardeners are taught by university, right. and I'm retired university. Here's the way you do things. Well, horticulture, but in the garden, you don't have to do that stuff. No. And people say, for example, you can't prune your crepe myrtles. You know, it's a sin, according to Southern Living. I'd love to see an article on that. By, um, uh, 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 see, that's uh, how you're going to change the South. You yeah, start yeah. pruning. Be- because you go to the American Horticulture Society headquarters or the Royal Society headquarters, and they've got crepe myrtles pruning these big old things with fists on the end of them. Yeah. And people say, well, you're a bad person. And you go to Japan. It's in every Shinto temple in Japan. They do this. But in the South, we were told by the self-appointed tastemakers in Southern Living that you shouldn't do that. Well, it's a it's a taste thing. It's a style thing, not a horticultural thing. And uh, so uh, – uh, I try to do things that make people realize that they're doing it to other stuff. It's okay 
to do at Crate Merle, whether you like it or not. Uh, it's sort of like a bottle trees. You know, you put glass mm-hmm. bottle trees. I had a lady say, I just don't like them. They're, they're tacky. Forget the fact I wrote the book on bottle tree. The history of glass goes back thousands of years to to, to Persia and all that, and the spirits and the bottles and the Aladdin and the genie. But there's a story behind each bottle too. Oh, That's yeah, what yeah. makes it beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It well, literally. Th- this lady, she said, I think they're tacky, and I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Uh, you're the same way. You can't help yourself. You're gonna say something's gonna get in trouble. I said, you know, you're hanging stuff out of holes in your ears. And she said, I beg your pardon. I said, that's right. You hang stuff out of holes in your ears. I put bottles in my tree. We are even. <laughs> little deconstru- little uh, transitive right. property of the equation. You can plant stuff in a half whiskey barrel, which is made for whiskey. Right. Why can't I plant something in a tire? Because it was, you know, it's the same thing. Transitive property of equality. There, algebra in horticulture. I do feel better, though, that, I mean, I do prune my crepe myrtles every it's, year. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's yeah. like, pl- I tell us, like and the butterfly bush, And the butterfly bush, I cut it down to. Yeah, this this one lady, she she said, well, it's just an awful thing. I just don't like it. And I and I couldn't help myself. Uh, I said, uh, you know, you're talking about something being unnatural. Right. She, that's right. I said, you shaved your eyebrows off and painted in the different part of your face. <laughs> and you're talking about unnatural. Yeah, I've I've had long discussions about the whole eyebrow thing. I don't totally understand that. But yeah, Jer- I know Jermaine's Jer- in Jer- there. She's hit the floor. I almost fell. I almost fell Something in the chair. Something in there. I'm sorry. She shaved her eyebrows off and painted different don't parts. She said, pretty crepe not that. Shut up. <laughs> well, the phones have lit up. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that one's that one's kind of a mystery oh, wrapped in goodness. an enigma to well, me. I don't know, quite the, understand that one. But you and I, we approach things the same way. We do. You know, you see something that is a little. Frank Zappa said it best. He said, "Without deviation from the norm, progress is not possible." We we live in a circle. There's like a circle we live in, and every once in a while, I can reach out and grab something and pull it back in the circle, and that's when it makes a good cartoon. But yeah. it makes a good story and everything else. Jermaine, this is, we're having a love fest in here. Yeah, really. Come on, now. We're just hugging. I know. <laughs> just hugging. It's adorable. <laughs> it is. Well, we never see because he's Friday on Monday. We just never cross paths. Yeah, so and it's I think like, it's pretty awesome. I I I know listeners are out there just t- tuning in. And it's like, is today Friday or is it Monday? So, Oh, I know. If I walk in this building on any other day other than Monday, everybody's like, what? Why, wait, wait a minute. What is today Monday? Wait right. a minute. Because, like, you know, right. I throw people off. You, you know, one of the one of the one my favorite cartoon lines happens to be from Mississippi. Jimmy mm-hmm. Johnson's, you know, Arlo and Jimmy. Love me some Jimmy. Yeah. yeah and uh, he did one one time. And I actually have it in one of my books. I got permission where Arlo is laying on his back, looking up at the sky, looking at the, and Janice comes up and says, what are you doing? He said, I'm looking at the sky, at the clouds. She said, what? And he said, I see a, a, a duck playing a saxophone, you know, which we can, some of, and she looked up at the sky and she just had no idea what he was talking about. You ever get that from some of the people who read something that is so obvious to you? Right. But, but I don't, don't get, but, but yeah, the worst thing you ever want to hear is I don't get it. Like, well, I'm sorry. You know, I yeah. used to, like, hurt my feelings. And then yeah. I realized, well, sometimes maybe people, you know. So. Yeah, I'm not throwing out pirate jokes here, people. Right. <laughs> you got to think. Jimmy's one of my heroes. Um, Jimmy was a fantastic editorial cartoonist. Mm-hmm. I think he's with the Daily News. He wasn't with the Clarion Ledger. But he, you know, I mean, they, for some reason, didn't think he was good enough or whatever. And they cut him loose. And he did Arlo and Janice and the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, which is just, you know, just everyday stuff. Yeah. You know, just great. The human stuff. condition thing. So. Well, and and that's what. But you that's do. the you, thing. You're a good observer. I'm a good observer. Well, we're you know? we're interpreters. People say, "What do you do for a living?" And I say, "Well, we're I'm storytellers." Yeah, and and yeah. In, a, in a way where you don't want them to know they've been told a story. That's right. You know, and uh, you know, we're having serious 
problems with uh, with the local weather. I'm not going to say global change, whatever. I'm not going to yeah, go no, there. It's, um, but but we're having serious problems. And we this year, last December, was extra cold, extra early. This year was extra hot, extra dry. And you know you, you've been to you've been to Tulsa. Yeah, we're having Tulsa out there. Right. And what if we have it again? Well, you don't really need to keep planting azaleas in St. Augustine over and over and over and over and over just to have artificial life support to keep it alive. We got to change with it. That's right. And without deviation from the norm, it's up to to me because horticulture could say, well, you, you water three times a week, you prune. But I say, what? Why don't we just change with what makes sense? You know, and the only way to do that is a little bit of humor, a little Schadenfreude. You know, when I when my magnolia died, you know, all I could do was laugh. It's just like I was Wiley Coyote. How big was your magnolia that died? Well, it was fifteen years old. Okay, I had to get on on a footstool to to hit the top of it with the spray paint. (laughs) But it's like I was Wiley Wiley Coyote who smacked into the mountain. You know, yeah. My garden died, and am I going to plant it? I look around town, and of all the plants that suffered from the freeze. And from the heat and drought, certain ones shine. Well, I'm going to think twice about planting those in my garden because I'm lazy. I'm busy. I don't want to dig a hole and invest the time and the money. And so we're looking at alternatives that can take all of it. And you know where I'm finding them? Cemeteries. Really? Yeah. There's plants out there that dead people can grow. The plastic ones. No, no, no. I'm okay. talking about, you know, you go to these old cemeteries. You know, they've oh, yeah. got, you know, got old trees and old shrubs and bulbs that come back and all. And if you see, uh, like, an old bulb in one cemetery and a really hardy shrub in another and an old tree, if you pull those together into one, one garden, you've got a nice-looking composition right. with plants that, that dead people can grow. Ain't no irrigation <laughs> out there. <laughs> so, so, uh, so trying to change the yeah. world, man. Right. Exactly. <laughs> one one dead plant at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Can I quote you on that? I mean, that's great. That yeah, is a, thank that, you. That's a keeper there. Oh, no, no problem. Well, that's just my approach. See, you have the slow gardening. I have the dead gardening. That's yeah. kind of, which, by the way, as a philosophy, I love slow gardening. I mean, just as a human, just how to live your life uh, approach, too. You know, the whole gestalt, you know, the, obviously yeah. the sum at the end of the day is all the. A lot of people don't realize that, that, that it's, a, it's a philosophy. You know, right. slow gardening is like home cooking. You right. know, horticulturists are like chefs. Mm-hmm. They're really intense. They, they put out a good product. It's predictable. It's dependable. Home gardeners are like, you know, I don't have enough, I don't have enough cheese for this bologna and cheese sandwich, so why don't I just put a little mustard on You know, we, we make stuff up. Slow gardening is just like home cooking, making do, things that you have on hand that satisfy you. And uh, rather than trying to get yard of the month, right? You know, which is which is fine. It's that's, great. I'll that's never a horticulture. Win it, but yeah, I, I, I want. Well, I actually have a uh, a sign that I, I I saw down in Macomb one time. It was perfect. Garden was just okay, kind of weird looking, but it had a nice, neatly lettered sign out there that said area yard of the season. I'm thinking, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Well, I yeah. stopped. I knocked on the door, and these, the guy came out and said, ah, I made the sign myself. <laughs> <laughs> he gave himself permission to be okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, that's, I, that's what slow gardening is. I literally had one of my neighbors stop one time and said, the people who lived in the house before you really did a good job keeping the yard up. <laughs> just like what? Thud. yeah he got arrested like three months later so i felt a little better about that it's like so there not for not for bad yard but anyway i so i tried to have uh my dad used to have the greatest tomato garden ever i mean the nice georgia soil uh used to be a pasture it was well i mean it was deep it was rich soil it wasn't just red clay 
I mean, his his plants were big, the the actual fruit. It was just, and he was just amazing. So I wanted to get into that. And so for 22 years, I lived in a house that was nothing but Yazoo clay. So I did a raised bed, struggled with that because of shade, never could get good tomatoes. So I move into a place that's got amazing soil. And I was like, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to have great tomatoes. So Let's I plant, go. Let's so do I, this. So I got my tomatoes going and everything else. First couple of days, they were great. Then suddenly the deer psh, took them out. Yeah. So I, I just realized that, Everything in my yard was planted, for the most part, by previous owners. They're all pretty much stuff that deer hate. I understand that now. Well, like three days after the deer ate my thing, a doe, I mean, a fawn fell into the lake and couldn't get out because of the seawalls. And so the neighbor's daughter jumped in, rescued the fawn, handed it to my wife. My wife's carrying this thing saying... You're lucky because I ought to throw you back in after you ate our tomatoes. Yeah. But but I realize, you know, they're yeah. hungry too. So. Yeah, come on, sweetheart. I've got some nice hostas back at the house for you to eat. Exactly. It's like it was like she put in a raised garden. My my son got her a, a bed and a raised garden and planted a bunch of things and like two days later they took everything out. It's like we were just basically a smorgasbord for them. Well, you know, a lot a lot of people that wonder you know, I, my program is called the Gestalt Garden. People say, what does that mean? G-salt. What does G-salt mean? And I was actually doing a landscape consultation, and this guy was a professor of psychology. And he said, yeah. you know, you have a very Gestalt approach, which is uh, a garden is greater than the sum of its parts. That's right. You know, it's not a – and it's, uh, you bring to your garden – it's a person – and I've said for a long time, there's there's three things that make a garden. Uh, plants, they don't care. Plants grow along the roadside. They, they, don't, they, don't, they don't need people. They, they do their own thing. That's right. And then we start – are organizing and pulling plants out, putting them into one spot, and that's you know the process. We got plants in process. Still not a garden. What makes it a garden is putting the personality in there. Yeah. You know the Stepford approach. Those are landscapes. You know, uh, but when you start putting your own personality, your own spin, your own you know your smile or your frown, whatever you want, it becomes a personal thing. And that's what Gestalt is. It's about about doing it, bringing your experiences, you know, your your outlook, your time, your patience. Instead of jumping through a bunch of hoops for neighbors, that's not gardening. That's landscaping. I've always loved the metaphor for mental health and your brain to gardening, to being able to going doing the work, hoeing, planting in the right seeds, maybe even using chemicals to kill out the weeds, whatever. You know, a ke- chemical is just a just different kind of hoe. That's all. That's right. That's right. But I mean, I've always loved that, and the fact is, and, and like I said, the Gestalt approach, like you said, is just perfect because it's a great way to approach your life, where you're literally just connected to the soil, connected to the plant. It's like a moment for you to slow down and be present. Yeah, in a, in a sub, you know, is is uh, the difference between the process of horticulture science yeah. and the lo- you know the word amateur means to love, right? You know, horticulturists enjoy what they do, but they don't love it. You know, some people like to get out and mow the grass. I'm not opposed to that. I think it's great, but most people don't want to do that. So what can we do? And I'm working with a group of people from Texas to the Carolinas come up with a not a meadow lawn because meadow lawn, you know, sounds great with butterflies and bees and woohoo and all that. But nobody wants a knee-high meadow out there. They want a lawn. So I've been looking for the past five years and taking pictures of the kind of plants that grow in people's lawns as weeds that they don't like it, but they stay flat. They grow. They're easy to mow, and they got flowers different time of the year. You know, what can we put out there? They just mow it grows. And I realized that's what I did as a kid. We didn't have 2,4-D and stuff like that. We mowed what growed. As a matter of fact, my dad, who is a, a, literally a rocket scientist, he had patents on, on stuff. When I took turf management at Mississippi State, he laughed. He said, turf management, <laughs> you just get out there and mow what grows. And, and that 
is true. So my job is to tell people you don't have to have a perfect lawn of Asian turf grasses. You can have a mow it grows, what I call a flower lawn. And here's some plants that if you just leave it alone and just mow it, it ain't St. Augustine, but we've been taught that that was what was proper. But it's nice and flat. Take your glasses off. It looks like St. Augustine. I was about to say, if you're driving by on the street, it's oh, green and it yeah. looks nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, so that's one way where I'm trying to help change the world. We're, you know, we don't have the the resources maybe that it you know there's already water bands you know and we yeah. can't water your grass or you can do well replace with clover and just mow it when it gets a little too tall so we're trying to to, to change towards what makes sense to more people and so we have lawn of the month i've come up with a little sign and we're working on development where it looks good because flower lawn of the month you nice. know, who's got the best mix of stuff out there that still looks like a lawn well, I've always, I mean, I've always loved your philosophy because like I said, I'm, you know, my wife's busy. She teaches, she's going a hundred miles an hour. We've had three kids, so we've been busy with them and I've like got 19 different jobs. So I'm always on the road or busy or whatever. So mm. it's nice to have a yard that doesn't require an odd, can look nice, but yeah. doesn't require you to spend 40 hours a week out there working in it. Well, my, my overarching approach and, and this order of importance, yes. if you can't fix it, which we like to do, fix it or flee it, or fight it, flow with it. And that's right out of the 60s. Sounds like marriage. <laughs> yeah, fix it, flee it, or fight it, flow. It sort of is, you know. Yeah. Com- you come up with compromise. Compromise doesn't mean, uh, you know, losing your values. Well, why did it become a bad word? Today it's become a bad word. Yeah, yeah, compromise. Yeah. It doesn't mean, you know, you give up your values. Right. You just learn to do. find that happy balance. But fix it, flee it, fight it, or flow with it. And if we're going to flow with it, well, let's look at ways we could do it that makes sense. And that's where my horticulture kicks in. Definitely. You're listening now. You're talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, and we're back with Felder Rushing. Uh, Felder, let's talk a little bit about the radio show. And, um, you know, it's really fantastic, and you've created a great community around it. It's, it's one of many different ways that you educate people, and you do it. But it's fun, it's entertaining, and it has been for a long time. You do it just in Mississippi. You don't do a show all around yeah. the country. No, I, I work real close with, with with people like me, including Walter Reeves from Atlanta, Georgia, you know, uh, people in California, uh, Alaska, all over the country. Yeah. And if you try to compete with him, you try to be a Martha, yeah. you know, you're going to fail because of the way I talk and my attitude. A lot of people want straight – people in the Midwest, they don't want – there's no nonsense – I want to answer the question and move on. Here, we want to tell stories. We want to weave community. And so I, I had the people here at MPB. I said, I don't want it broadcast from North Carolina or from Texas, someplace like Let's keep it here in Mississippi, which includes, uh, sorry anybody listening, but it includes Alabama, Louisiana, parts of Tennessee, uh, Arkansas. But these are, this is my people. You know, my, 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 my ancestors, the Felders and the Rushings, have been here in what's now Mississippi since the early 1800s, and the Jersey Settlers, 1773 in Natchez. We've been here a long time, and this is where I resonate. And the thing about Mississippi is that there are plenty of different climates and zones. And oh, yeah. Yeah, so you can well, – yeah, there's, there's lots also, of variety. And there's a lot of – you know, if I'm giving a lecture, you know, any place, you know, you dig a hole, you stick something in it, green side up, you water it. 
and then that should be all you need to do. So, but the the nuances of of, of weather and climate and cold and but also it's a cultural thing. And the reason I want it to be broadcast from here because this is my culture. You know, I was raised in the South, and that, and this is this is where it works. And I don't feel like explaining stuff. You know, like my friends from New Jersey, yeah. he has to explain himself because he does that New Jersey accent. You know, that doesn't work here. <laughs> Well, you know, saying, just let it go, folks. That doesn't work in California. <laughs> you know, everybody thinks probably New Jersey's all concrete. They actually mountains. have some yeah, the mountains and, and truck farming and just absolutely gorgeous. It's the garden it, state. Yeah. It's the garden yeah. state. It's really quite beautiful. So in, anyway, this is uh, but, one of the things that, you know, that, that, that you've been doing for a long time is uh, you see something, you say, how can I interpret this? Because that's what you are. You're an interpreter <laughs> in ways that people who may not – I'm not going to say don't think for themselves. A lot of people don't think about stuff. Right. When They're busy. Yeah, but when, when you're flying, I hope mm. you're paying attention to flying. Or do you come up with stuff while you're flying? Uh, I don't pay attention when I drive. <laughs> Just to let you know that. They'll pull you over in Ridgeland if you do try that. I, I, do not roll a stop sign. No. Do not do that because you will get a big ticket. Uh, I know that from not personal experience. I got to tell you, you never know where ideas are going to come from. No. And, you know, creativity, and you you probably do the same thing. It's like you literally you are feeding a well, you Mm -hmm. know, constantly when you're reading, when you're watching TV, when you're talking to people. I always say you can't understand Mississippi just by driving from your house to your office. So it's just a combination of things. You're creating this gumbo. And then all suddenly something will trigger it and you just you get the idea. And, and let's talk the Barbara Bush cartoon, right? A lot of people saw that. That became nationally mm, big right. time. And basically what happened was was I found out they were taking her off of care. My mother had COPD, so I knew that what that meant, that yeah, she wasn't yeah. going to be with us long. And I thought about her life for a minute, and I thought, she here's a woman who had everything, but she'd also lost a child. Yeah. And that was the cartoon right yeah, there. Yeah. Nobody else thought of that idea for some reason, but that was just because I I'd you, read. You, you put uh, empathy in it. Yeah, I'd read John Meacham's excellent biography on the Bushes. So, I, I mean, I knew about Robin and everything else, but that's where ideas come from. That's how creativity happens. And you do that really well. Well, um, I, I, I also like words. I see a new word I don't know. Yeah. And a matter of fact, one of the things we do on my program is words that sound like cussing. But they're really garden terms, yeah. you know. You, you can't just say some of those things in public, right. Without being a gardener. Uh, but I, I saw, for example, Schadenfreude. Yeah, taking you know, how can you apply that to garden? Then I realized I told you not to plant that there, and you did it anyway, and it died. <laughs> Schadenfreude happens. I need a T-shirt that says Schadenfreude happens. There you go. <laughs> I, I know a guy who can draw it up for you. <laughs> But, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I like concepts, you, right. know? you know. So much of what we do is conceptual. Gardening is a construct. Right. You know, it's not a, a physical, more than a physical thing. You know, that's a city park. But gardening is a construct of what you want it to be. And, uh, you know, philosophy. Soci- you got to do certain things if you live in town, you know, or else they'll run you out. You know, that's basic sociology. If you want to have a naturalistic garden with wildflowers, you need to leave a little mowing strip along the street. It's sort of like uh, like putting your foot on the floor if you've had too much to drink to keep the room from spinning. Or they're going to send the city to come cut your grass that, for you. That's right. That's right. So uh, anyway, you have to throw out little things that people can 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 grab onto. Yeah. You know, they can interpret it. And, uh, and a lot of times that's Emotions, you know, you there's a lot of intellectual stuff to your columns, a lot of emotional stuff too, and they're and they're different. Yeah, they're different. you know, 
the thing is, and I always talk, being an editorial cartoonist, and I think what you do too is very similar. It's like being a baseball pitcher that you have to know what pitch to throw at any moment. And right. you, you got to know, you know, where, I mean, where the strike zone is. You got to know where the strike zone is. Oh, exactly. If you're gonna, even if you're going to stay out, even if you're going to throw out of it, if you, you oh, if you're going to throw out of it, you also got to know when to throw at somebody's you, head. You, you got you got to know where the edge is. Yeah. You got to know where the edge is. And sometimes you step over the edge, boy. Sometimes you step over the edge here in the South with your with your stuff, and you catch flack for it. That's okay. Yeah. I, like I tell people, I've been married for 30 years. I can handle <laughs> just about anything. And Amy's probably going to hear this. And In fact, I have a chip in my neck, so that's what. Well, speaking of which, you know, when, when you were younger, I understand, you know, you might have had uh, – social issues you weren't the most popular kid oh i was but because you no, were tall kidding. was it because you're tall or because of your smart mouth uh yeah <laughs> you know i the best thing that ever happened to me was growing eight inches in seventh grade ouch because nobody messed with me at that point because yeah. i had to you know i mean because i was five feet nothing with the smart mouth that was not a good thing but being close to six feet by the time i was in eighth grade helped. see i was a little i was a runty kid i mean i was a little run i couldn't i couldn't throw balls i, I don't have that i can't i can't gauge when balls i can't catch balls i don't have that kind of spatial yeah. thing it's ended up in the band which I could do, you know. What and instrument with, you play? Uh, mostly brass, okay. trombo, trombone mostly, which I tried playing the trombone the other day, and I smell like— How do you find the notes when you're sliding it back and forth? I've always it's, wondered it's, that. It's just like whistling, okay. just like whistling. But uh, I sound like a, a geese passing gas on a muggy day. That's what I sound like. <laughs> As opposed so, to a dry day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But uh, anyway, but it got me, It got me. In, it, you know, through high school, and it got me into to college, got— Got me in the Navy. I was in the Navy band, mm-hmm. uh, which paid for my college, which got me here. So trombone um, is what put me right here. Yeah. You, you know, it's always fun when you look backwards and how it all yeah, makes yeah. sense. You know, At so the far. time, it didn't make sense. I was just doing it because I couldn't uh, – because I didn't want to have to run track. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it seriously. When you know, I got made part-time, I thought, oh, this is terrible because mm-hmm. you know this was my dream job, being an editorial cartoonist. But now I got a radio show and then – I got let go from that radio show, and now I got this radio show, mm-hmm. and then I came out with a book, and then I came out with a children's book. A lot of things you don't try unless you get kind of pushed up against a corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just uh, – also, keep it, when I was a kid, I read a science – we used to read a lot of science back before we had real spaceships. And I read a, a, a story about a young astronaut, and it introduced him as walking down the gangplank, and it said he had his elbows slightly out, his knees slightly bent, as if he was ready to jump in any direction at any time. I said, I'm going to do that. So I, I walked around like a goober, you know, with my elbows and knees bent and all like that. But that affected my approach towards life. Elbows out a little bit, knees bent, ready to jump in any direction. And, you know, you probably have something in the pipeline, some things you're working on. Mm-hmm. But something may happen today, and you're going to bang it out because, you know, and, and tomorrow morning, your thoughts, uh, your emotions, you know, your reactions, your responses are going to show up in, in, in the paper. You know, the thing is, I've got a cartoon that's due for t- today. I have no idea what I'm going to draw about. <laughs> and, and, and somebody says, well, doesn't that concern you? I was like, do you worry about brushing your teeth? No, no. I'm just going to brush my teeth. I do it every day. It's not a problem. And, you know, I've, like I said, I live here, so there will yeah. be plenty of material. I've written over 2,000 columns, you know, one and sometimes two a week. Yeah. I've done it, uh, over that many radio programs in 1983 every week. I've written all these books and all this kind of stuff. And I've got to write something that's due Wednesday 
for the Mississippi Press Association, all the dailies in the, the – I have no idea. So when I get home, I'm going to walk around with a cup of coffee and yeah. something will, will It'll come, come to me. But then I'll have to – to coach it, uh, I'll have to couch it in uh, an emotional thing yeah. or a mental thing, not just a how-to th- – I try to write, write at least one low-level cognitive how-to column a, uh, a month, one pure – what is he talking about? Pure esoteric stuff a month, and then something topical the rest of the time. Now so, I used to I used to run. Now I walk uh, just because of some surgeries. But I still, whenever you know, I ran. A, I could run a marathon. I used to when in seventh grade PE, I'd nearly barf a lung. But you know, <laughs> but I got to point because I did it every day, and that's the same way creativity is, and that's the same. Way. I was going to ask you what is in in the remaining two minutes that we have. But what does your daily day look like? Well, I, I sleep as long as I can. I mean, I, I, I live in a little small cabin behind my main house because I've gone and rented out. And I live in a little cabin that's really cool. And uh, I get up, I walk around the yard. You know, I'm maybe I do guy stuff out in the yard instead of going to the bathroom because, you know, that's just the way I, I roll. But uh, I walk everywhere. I walk four, five, six miles a day. I walk to the store. I walk, you know, all over the place. And uh, I write. I'm also mm-hmm. the administrator of the uh, Mississippi Gardening Facebook. We've got over 40,000 members, so wow. I, I hit that a couple of three times and throw in my two – and a lot of wonderful other garden experts on there. And um, I, I do that, and I watch a little TV, and then I head to the pub. <laughs> because, I'm, you know, and I found out this is something – You know you're my spirit animal. He, he, you he, really he, are. I found out that I don't have to eat the whole dozen tamales – yeah, but if I don't eat at least half a dozen tamales, I get all wrinkles. So I'm just trying to stay juicy. <laughs> I love tamales, by the way. Felder. I do too. I love do too. Them. They are they're amazing. Let's, let's stay juicy, Jermaine. Let's stay let's, that let's, way. So, <laughs> I agree. For, forget so why fun. should we forget? Just get dirty. Just uh, just stay juicy. Right. I yeah. agree with all of that. We'll get them. We'll get them the uh, the the sweatpants that say juicy on the bottom, and around. then dirty on the back, and dirty on the okay. back. Marshall, I know we're out of time, but I just because yeah. whimsy and humor are important relief valves. It's a very tense society we live in, and. Uh, whimsy and humor are crucial and I salute what you do. Well, and I salute you and thank you for coming on and bringing I, some I of that whimsy you, and humor. Oh, no. Hugs, hugs. Okay, group out. Come here, Jermaine. Come on. We're gonna, all three of us. Can we go out with We Are the World? I feel it, I feel it through the glass. We are the future. Felder, I love this. This thank has been fantastic. So I'm thank a huge so. fan. Take, and, p- take uh, Pip for a walk along the Pearl River down at the end of down below the water. I don't let station. her too close to the, the alligator. Yeah, well, that's they, a, the alligators are way. The, the river's down low. That is truly why I, when I do the coloring sheets, that I have an alligator in there. Pip and I were walking one day, and she wouldn't walk any further, and it's because there was about an eight foot alligator on the other side of the yeah, rise. Yeah. She knows. Thank, well, thank you for having me today. Oh, this was a pleasure, and this is a blessing. All right, well, we're going to do this again here soon. Of course, Felder Rushing. You can hear him every Friday here on MPB. You knew that, but yeah. what incredible! And, and don't, don't forget spray paint. Spray paint. Up the brown. Plants. Know, poor Magnolia is deader <laughs> than yeah. uh, deader than my brain apparently today. All right, okay. Well, I tell you what, we uh, thank you for listening, and I want to thank our special guest Felder Rushing for joining us today. And if you'd like to hear this or any past episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app or on our MPB Public Media app. Now you're talking is production of MPB Think Radio with episode and podcast produced by the incredible, wonderful Jermaine Flood. Hey, stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. It's coming up next. Join us again next Monday at 10. I'm Marshall Ramsey. Y'all have a great week.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thank you.